You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds, like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Hello, thank you for joining us for a mindful moment. While most of us feel we're doing pretty well just to survive these days, we want you to thrive. We want to help you tap into your full potential and that starts with a foundation in mindfulness. Mindfulness improves your mental, emotional and physical well-being. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. You can live a better life and we'll help you discover how along the way. So let's get started. According to a recent article in Psychology Today, the Chief Counsel of the American Center for Law and Justice, the ACLJ, tweeted a celebratory tweet last week saying that the Supreme Court had, quote, rejected a lawsuit to have In God We Trust removed from our national currency. While this is not an issue that's even on my radar, this same organization is bringing lawsuits against mindfulness and yoga instruction in public schools, arguing that such instruction violates the Establishment Clause of the U.S. Constitution, the prohibition against the state's endorsement of religion. That's definitely on my radar. The ACLJ is led by Trump defense lawyer Jay Sekulow, who is also a radio talk show host who promotes using laws designed to protect religious liberty in an effort to promote Christianity. Now, I have no issue with his religious beliefs, but I have a major issue with the hypocrisy of upholding the constitutional prohibition against endorsing religion, except for Christianity. Shouldn't it apply to all religions? The most recent numbers I could find for the United States are from 2016, with Christians representing 73.7% of the total population, including Protestants, Catholics, and Mormons. With 18% of Americans stating that they have no religion, that leaves about 8.3% of the population comprising all other religions combined. I'd say it's pretty clear that Christianity dominates religious beliefs in this country so can't help but wonder why the fear of other religions is so strong 
that groups like the ACLJ feel the need to sue over even the hint of another religious practice. It's absolutely true that both mindfulness and yoga came from ancient religious practices and are certainly still a component of Buddhism and Hinduism today. But we have so secularized both practices in this country, it's hard to see how learning to focus on your breath and stretch your body can be seen as a religious threat to Christianity. If anything, these newest attacks from multiple groups make me think they need mindfulness training. But it does raise the question, is mindfulness a religion? As mindfulness has exploded in popularity over the last few years, so has contentious debate raged on radio and television shows, in academia, and on social media, along with a multitude of lawsuits filed in various courts. The core issue comes down to whether contemporary mindfulness practices should be defined as religious. While there are certainly practitioners out there who unfortunately have taught mindfulness from a religious perspective to children in public schools, and which, of course, the opponents to mindfulness highly publicize, I don't believe most of us have any desire to impose a religious belief on someone else. That's actually contrary to the purpose of my definition of mindfulness. And perhaps that's the point here. We can make any practice religious or not religious. But to abide by the law, if we're going to teach it in state-funded institutions, it has to remain non-religious, period. Most of the ongoing lawsuits claim that mindfulness and meditation are part of Buddhism and therefore religious practices. That in itself is problematic, as there's debate whether Buddhism is even a religion. Many classify it as a philosophy. But I digress. If we look at history, some archaeologists date meditation back as early as 5000 BCE, and the practice itself has religious ties in ancient Egypt and China, as well as Judaism, Hinduism, Jainism, Sikhism, and of course Buddhism. The global spread of meditation began along the Silk Road around the 6th century BCE as the practice moved throughout Asia. It slowly transformed to fit each new culture as it arrived in a new location. In the 20th century, it began to move beyond the realm of specific religions, especially in the West, which is another contentious issue because many critics condemn Western practitioners for, quote, culturally appropriating once religious practices from marginalized Asian populations and completely denaturing them into secular practices. So mindfulness is too religious, or not religious enough. As science has gotten involved in the mindful movement, Thousands of studies have been, and continue to be, conducted to determine the effects of mindfulness and meditation on the brain and body. In the case of psychotherapy, clinicians discovered the benefits of mindfulness for their patients, and to further secularize the practices, began changing the terminology to remove any religious connotations, creating terms such as attentional control training, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, awareness training, etc., as humans, we have a strong compulsion to categorize and label everything, and our egos constantly prompt us to judge anything outside of our belief system as wrong or bad, so we have an urge to fight and conquer those who don't conform to our way of thinking. As this debate heats up and everyone jumps on the bandwagon, one way or another, there is one component of behavior that is completely missing. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is awareness of ourselves and others in a non-judgmental way. It is not a cure-all for everything that ails us, but
but it is a good start to learning how to better control ourselves so that we can contribute to society in a more compassionate way. It can be practiced religiously or secularly. We have the choice. As for separation of church and state, government agencies and schools who want to introduce the practice to their populations need to clarify the curriculum with the practitioner before they hire them. There is enormous benefit to children learning to self-regulate and focus, especially in today's digital, hyperactive world, and it doesn't have to be this complicated. If mindfulness or meditation is going to be taught in schools, it has to be secular and parental consent should be required. Meditation is a very effective tool to become more mindful, but there are countless types and styles of meditation, including many that are tied to religious practices. We could choose to be grateful that we have such a variety to select from to meet our own individual needs. And we can be mindful that if we are teaching it, we are transparent as to the type of meditation being offered and create a safe space for those who wish to opt out to do so without feeling judged. Although religious practices and rituals can provide a strong sense of community and culture, religion has been on the decline for the last several decades in the United States largely because people view it as exclusionary and or judgmental. Perhaps practicing mindfulness could help reverse that trend more effectively than lawsuits. And maybe we could use our religions to focus more on what we have in common than not. I'm not a religious scholar, but an easy place to start could be with the golden rule. Christianity tells us, do to others what you would want them to do to you. From Islam... None of you has faith until he loves for his brother or his neighbor what he loves for himself. From Judaism, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against your kinsfolk. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hinduism adds, those acts that you consider good when done to you, do those to others, none else. And finally, from Buddhism, Hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. It seems to me that as we struggle as a society in communicating and understanding each other, fighting over every single issue, whether religion, education, immigration, public health, or climate change, we could all benefit from a little more mindfulness. Let's definitely take a pause and relax into this moment. Release any tension you're holding in your body. Simply scan from the top of your head down to your toes, relaxing muscles and releasing tension. Take in a deep breath through your nose. Slowly release the breath through your mouth. Breathing in compassion for yourself and others. Breathing out judgments and hostility. Continue breathing normally and observe your thoughts. When a judgmental thought appears, simply say judgment to yourself and allow it to pass. We all have judgmental thoughts, but we don't need to hold on to them. Focus on your breath 
noticing every detail as you breathe in and breathe out. Notice the sensations that occur with each breath. Bring your attention back to your surroundings. Identify something that you're grateful for right now in this moment. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time. Be sure to join us next week and remember to be mindful. If you have questions or comments, email us at info at worktoliveproductions.com. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast outlets. We'd also, as always, appreciate you taking a few seconds to rate this podcast so that others can find us. And follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Media Right Productions. Meditation music, Shattered Paths by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by work to live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.